Geek Vibes Live is rated G for Geek. Hey, this is Matt Lesher. This is Phil Lamar. Hey, this is Rodmore Taylor, a.k.a. The Penguin Gotham, and you are listening to Geek Vibes Live! Good morning, good morning, everyone. Um, this is going to be the most exciting um, episode of the Top 10. Ooh, one, one second, second guys. <laughs> All right, we're having a little bit of technical difficulties <laughs> to start off the show, but that's completely fine. Um, this is going to be the top ten uh, for Geek Five Live. As always, I am your host, Tia Baby, and we are doing the top ten moments in The Punisher. Um, and this is obviously going to be uh, the John Bernthal rendition, and I am opening it up to uh, both Daredevil season two and the Punisher season one, obviously. And today I have the most amazing guest. I have uh, Brittany. Brittany, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Just really quick, can you guys hear like an echo right now or something? Yeah. It wasn't as bad, bad as like earlier, but I can hear it. Oh, Jesus. All right. Well, I'm going to get that fixed up a little bit. AJ is another fantastic writer for Geek Vibes Live. AJ, thank you so much for being with us today. No problem. I'm a little nervous, but I I think I can do this. (laughs) You're going to be perfectly fine, AJ. It's going to be a great time. Really quick, and we're going to do this as frequently, I feel like, throughout the show because of the technical difficulties. Can you guys hear me, and is there an echo now? Not that I, I don't hear. I think you're good. Okay. You know what? That's kind of the beauty of doing things live, having the anxiety that you could potentially mess everything up. Um, anyway. <laughs> 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 it's just how things go, apparently. But, again, um, doing proper introduction, this is the top ten Punisher moments. And let's just take a moment, guys. We have a few days until... The Punisher Season 2 hits Netflix, and I am overjoyed ever since John Bernthal stepped onto the screen in Daredevil Season 2. It has been practically um, the best uh, role that I've ever seen, the most anticipated when the first season was coming about. So this is just going to be super exciting. I don't at all want to even stress about what the hell is happening with Netflix. They will not uh, watch my excitement at all for the second season. So without further ado, I say we just hop right into this. Um, I am going to say ladies first, and this way AJ can kind of, you know, take a listen here since it's his first time. Brittany, please give us your number 10 pick for top 10 Punisher moments. I was going to say, I think where I want to start top 10 was with uh, 
Micro and Frank's issue with the sandwich on their <laughs> way when when uh Mike oh when you have uh Frank eating his little you know I can't remember what he was eating was he eating tuna or like something that was just awful and then Micro whips out this giant sandwich you know with all the fixings and just the look that Frank gave him when he was like really <laughs> really. <laughs> And just the just look of Micro is like, oh, I just, I just thought you wouldn't, you know, want it. And it's like, really, really, Micro, you wouldn't want a delicious sandwich. <laughs> that definitely was my first loss during that scene. I love that you picked that, Brittany, just because I remember them driving, and I think it was like a bag of tuna that Frank was eating as he was driving, by the way. I felt like that was a decision, Frank, but besides that. And then Micro whips out this fantastic-looking sandwich, and I thought to myself, <laughs> that's just not fair. And not that, like, the Punisher season one had a whole lot of comedy to it. It obviously wasn't meant to, but the look on uh, Frank's face was just priceless. It was absolutely priceless. And I, I, I love that scene. I love that you started off the top ten with that scene. AJ, give us your thoughts on the, uh, I feel like the utter portrayal of Micro and the sandwich. <laughs> well, since Dare, uh, not Daredevil, oh my goodness, getting mixed up with my Netflix series, um, <laughs> Punisher was so serious and good that we had that moment with the two. And I just loved every single second of it. Yeah, that just, it, it was such a great scene, great season, and I really liked the the relationship between Micro and Frank. They're such opposites and probably two people that you wouldn't have seen hanging out if they weren't in the situation that they were in, but it it was made for such great, great TV, and I'm a little sad that we're not going to see Micro in the second season of The Punisher because I certainly feel like uh, Frank needed that kind of friendship, but it is what it is. So, Brittany... Do we know for sure uh, that he's not coming back? Yeah, I've read plenty of reviews, and they all say that... um, Oh, gosh, I even forget the actor's name, but the guy who played... David Lieberman is not in the second season. Whether he's even mentioned or not, I'm not sure. So he's uh, not returning. But, well, you know, it it does. It does. I feel like it does. Um, but I guess he's just kind of living his life now with his wife and children. So it is what it is. But, Brittany, and that's great. Oh, oh, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, I was just going to say, I feel like for one thing, I don't think it's so much micro as much as Frank, like, you have a family, go take care of them, I'm cutting you out of my life, but <laughs> not in a mean way, but like in a, I, I'm, I, when you love something, you let it go type way. <laughs> right, exactly. He's like, you don't need yeah. to get caught up in my bullshit anymore, just go have Thanksgiving dinners with uh, with Sarah and the kids. And probably it's also a little awkward still considering Frank uh, kissed Sarah. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which, if I can 
comment really quickly, guys. I feel like that was the one moment in the Punisher season one that I wasn't overly a fan of. It was a little awkward and kind of forced. What do you guys think about that scene? Um, I'll start with AJ. I didn't really think much of it, really. Like, I think it was awkward, but I didn't think it was necessary either. I mean, I guess it was kind of necessary to show how Frank really is and what the, I forgot the wife's name was, but it showed that she was desperate and she wanted someone in her life. So I guess that was a good a good thing for um to characterize her in a way, but I didn't think it was, like, necessary as a whole. Yeah, I didn't necessarily think it was necessary. Wow. I need a cup of coffee. That, like, whole little error in the beginning totally knocked me off my spectrum. Um, <laughs> I'm going to actually move on here. So, great uh, choice, Brittany. AJ, please give us your number nine top Punisher moment. I'm going to switch it up. Um, this is all going to be completely random now. I'm going to stick with the um, the um, what is it, Micro and Frank? But it's going to act. I'm going to add Gunner to this, so it's going to be um, Frank and Gunner versus the Death Squad scene, where there's a guerrilla guerrilla warfare type um battle scene, which was like the best thing for me. In the whole entire Netflix series, the way that Frank, um, Frank Gunner, and um, Micro helped each other out was just cinematic beauty, and it's all—all all of it was just greatness. I just love the scene in general. So AJ, that's gonna be the scene where they're like in the forest and everything, right? Yes. Yeah, that was crazy that whole thing that gave me anxiety honestly with um with trying to see what was going on there and them versus those guys that was a really really dark and great scene with the three of them all kind of involved and I was really sad guys that uh Gunner died honestly I I didn't see that coming even though he was like, oh, I knew I would always uh, die in these woods. But I, I didn't see it coming. I felt bad for the guy. I was like, oh, man, <laughs> Frank brings this war on his doorstep, and uh, he yeah. ends up dying because of it. So I, I felt bad for him. But that was really – it was just brutal, which is what we expect from the Punisher. It, it, that whole entire scene of just – lurking through the bushes and it, it was it was just a great great scene AJ I really really like that choice um Brittany what what are your thoughts on that that whole kind of gunner forest fight scene see I really enjoyed it because you know I liked gunner a lot and even I think I remember texting you while it was happening I was like no I liked him though <laughs> all of five <laughs> seconds of him but um <laughs> Best five seconds ever. But um, I think what also is it led into another part that I liked of like, you know, when uh, Frank's trying to like carry Gunner's body or like tuck him somewhere, like keep him safe, but you obviously know he's going to die, which led into also Micro taking care of Frank. 
after that scene of just like the moment Frank realized he could rely on Micro, and you know when they have the moment in the van where it's like, yeah, yeah, we did it. My, Micro's my buddy. Micro's not completely useless except for like computer stuff or you know technological. But I did enjoy it because of also it's kind of like the environment of it, like where it's just like a I'm trying to think of the word for it that dark atmosphere of oh, what's behind the tree? Very, like, almost a scary movie. The anticipation of it. Yes. Yeah, I thought uh, I thought that was just great. I, I I do like what you said with that, Brittany, that at the end um, when they're in the van and that Frank gives that kind of little, like, smirk at Micro. I, I thought that was a good little scene. Then kind of the... Uh, the beginning of their budding friendship. Bromance. Yes. <laughs> their complete bromance. Um, so yeah, I think that that's a good good choice, AJ, for the number nine. And if you're just listening in, we did have a little bit of di- I'm gonna keep saying that just because it's bothering me so much, but we had a little bit of difficulty in the beginning of the show, but we are full into the top ten Punisher moments. We had number ten as the micro and Frank sandwich scene, which is just hilarious, one of the few moments Punisher that you can constitute as hilarious. And then number nine is that whole uh, scene in Gunner where they are in the forest and it's uh, Gunner, Frank, Micro all kind of working together that suspense, I think that is a great choice for that so good 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 job um, so I'm going to take the number 8 spot actually and I'm going to kind of um I'm going to jump into Daredevil Season 2. That's what I'm going to do because I was re-watching it and I was re-watching, obviously, all the Frank scenes. And I have to put Frank versus the Irish. I have to choose this. Episode. Yes. Oh, I, <laughs> I forgot about that scene. <laughs> I mean, I should kind of say, like, the whole entire episode, but specifically when Frank is tied up and he's dealing with Finn, right? What That was his name, Brittany? Finn? Yeah, it was Finn. And he's there, and the whole entire scene, not only of the remarks that Frank is making, the threats that Finn is making, and just, you've got to give it to, like, Daredevil Season 2, Frank Castle, the reserve that he has to just sit there and take all that, knowing full well that when the right time comes, he's going to pull that freaking blade out of his arm and just wreak mayhem. And absolutely, it, it still gives me, like, chills when he does get free and Finn is just shouting, he's loose, he's loose. And it really just it is so telling of the Frank that we are experiencing in that season is that he is just a man on a mission, nothing is stopping him. And when he has that shotgun to Finn's face and he's like, tell me what you did to my family, and Finn is like, your family, who cares, and just blasts his freaking face away. Oh, that scene is just so – I still, to this day, have to look away because 
what they showed, they definitely wouldn't ever be able to show on Disney Plus because there is a cave where Finn's face used to be. And and that's just an amazing scene all around. I just continue, the way it's shot, the way it escalates, is just, oh God, it's still, still to say, one of the best scenes that, um, that I believe Frank Castle is in, in the Marvel Netflix universe. So number eight is definitely going to be Frank versus the Irish. Um, AJ, give me your thoughts. Uh, to be honest, I don't really remember that specific scene, <laughs> but, but I will say that anything, any part where Punisher is in and Daredevil season two, you can feel that tense sensation whenever, whichever scene he's in, and I just loved it, and it was the best, like, start off for the Punisher itself. Yeah, it was a great introduction, and I'm sure you guys know this, but for those who maybe don't, who are listening in, when the whole deal started with Netflix and Marvel, the Punisher wasn't even a part of that, and it was really from the positive feedback of Bernthal's performance in Daredevil season two that even got us a Punisher season one. And I can say personally, you know, from someone who doesn't really read the comics and knew of the Punisher, I knew that his presence in Daredevil season two was going to be a big deal because of who the character is but not really knowing a whole lot of it, that introduction to the character in Daredevil Season 2 is just amazing. So just the way that they did that and could make us enjoy the character so much and get our own uh, spin-off show, just, it, you know, miracles happen when obviously now they're not happening. But anyway, uh, Brittany, tell us your thoughts about uh, Frank versus the Irish. Well, you know how I feel about Finn in that scene. <laughs> so I was going to say, what I love, like you said, I love the most where it's like, oh, you think, oh, he just got captured. Oh, no, don't hurt my dog. And it's like, no, <laughs> he literally stitched to like a little, uh, what would you call it, a blade? It's not really a blade. It's a, like a razor blade. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. A razor blade into his freaking arm. And then he's just like a but what I also like about that scene, besides, you know, face Finn getting his face blown to a million little pieces, is the fact when Daredevil comes in and they have the fight scene when they're fighting the Irish together. But every time that Frank goes to, like, kill somebody, Daredevil's like, no, 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 <laughs> no. And taking the shit out of his hand so he can't bludgeon someone to death. I still but I also love feel that. bad for the. Go ahead, sorry. <laughs> no, you're fine. I just love also the, the fact that, like, Frank does put on such an act. But you can tell he's, like, legitimately concerned about the dog. He freaking loves that dog, which I don't re- – I wish they would have stated what actually happened to the dog by the end of it. Like, did you he know, go I, into care? I think that was legitimately John Bernthal's dog in real life. Like, I am pretty sure <laughs> – I don't want to say like 100%, but I have like a 99.9% feeling that I that think was, was Boston, wasn't it? 
I think so. That's why, like, but I don't necessarily know why they didn't include uh, the dog in the rest. I think they wanted to. I think they were going to at least mention him again in Daredevil Season 2 or something, but it just didn't work itself into the script, if I'm not mistaken. But, um, (laughs) you know, Brittany, it's funny that you bring up the whole aspect of Daredevil attempting to stop Frank from bludgeoning people to death. Um, I don't know if... Brittany, I don't know if you've watched Luke Cage season two, but AJ, you've uh, you've watched Luke Cage season two, right? Yeah. So I don't know if you remember, there was a scene where Bushmaster and Luke Cage are kind of teaming up together, and essentially the same thing happens every time Bushmaster goes to try to hurt someone. Luke Cage just stops him, and it's very reminiscent of that Frank and Matt scene. I just thought that was really funny how they include that in, and I'm not sure if they did it intentionally, like if uh, Chio was looking at the Punisher, I mean, not the Punisher, Daredevil season two, and was like, oh, that's funny, let's do that, or it was just a coincidence, but it's kind of hilarious, the similarities in those scenes, and I think someone even gift it at some point. So that was just me wanting to mention the little continuity amongst the Marvel Netflix series, and especially since I've seen a lot of comparisons between Frank Castle and Bushmaster. So it's just kind of a little interesting there, but I'm glad that... I think, both... I think it was intentional. I think it was you intentional. Think... Yeah, I think they all watch each other's shows so they know how to, like, connect everything together. And and adding the villains to that, I think each villain has their difference, but they also have their similarities, which is why I love the Netflix shows so much as well, even more than, like, uh, Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. and all that other stuff from... What is that show from? ABC or CW? One of the shows over there. Um, they collaborate with each other. I feel like they do. And I, that's why I love the Netflix series so much. Yeah, it. you can really see the um, influence that they all have on each other. And I do kind of hope with Chio, the showrunner of Luke Cage, he's a big comic book fan. You can hear his excitement. I know that some time ago, even uh, some of the guys from Geek Five Live spoke with him, uh, and it was a really great show. So I would think, if anything, he probably has sat down and watched them and saw that and wanted to include it. I mean, he, not to go on kind of a little tangent, but he was... Um, a champion for bringing in Finn Jones for that one episode in Luke Cage season two because he really liked Iron Fist when a lot of people were not wanting um, Danny Rand to even appear on Luke Cage. So he was really excited about it. He stood by that decision. So it's just really interesting, the influences. And still, I'm going to say it, just so sad what's happening with the Netflix shows. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to continue. They finally got on the ball, and they dropped it. Uh, 
they're gonna have they're gonna have a new um a new series with all. Hopefully, they'll have a new season with all of them together. So. Oh my gosh! I, hope, I mean, I can only hope. At that least you. At least you have change. that. Uh, it will keep keep me comforted and warm at night. But <laughs> 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 all right, guys, moving right along. We are at our number seven, and I'm going to shoot that back over to Brittany so that she can tell us what her decision is for the number seven slot. And that's the crazy thing. I keep looking at my list, like, which one? Which one do I want? Like, you know, you almost have to organize it of, like, which one you like best. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I I think the scene that I do really like is, like, uh, you know when Frank at the beginning of season one of The Punisher, and he's uh, he plays the homeless man? to Karen and it was like Frank why are you being so extra like we well, you know in the beginning when he's trying to find Karen and he just sat there and pretended to be a homeless man until she just so happened to walk by and I was like really Frank really I mean you could have just you know showed up at her apartment you know sent a letter I think she says that like oh you could have just like something he's like oh I just just sat here waiting like a hobo <laughs> I don't know why it just tickles me. I think it shows that Frank does have a little bit of a sense of humor. Um, I I really like that scene too. It honestly just makes me laugh every single time. Um, it, it's such a, as you said, Brittany, it's such a Frank why are you being so extra type of scene. And I remember when we were seeing the behind the scene photos of season one of The Punisher. And you had Frank in the blanket, and Karen's kind of like in the scene, and people are like, "What is this scene entailing?" And I think a lot of people kind of guesstimated that is it Frank trying to be homeless, and that's how he's getting Karen's attention, and that's exactly what it was. Oh my God, I, I thought that was hilarious, and I kind of wanted uh, Frank to have a beard for more of the first season of The Punisher just because it was, like, the, the jokes about him being a hipster. Like, I, we could have <laughs> at least had those for a few more episodes than we did. Like, oh, right. <laughs> like, uh, when he was in the diner and they were like, we don't get a lot of hipsters here often. And he's like, I ain't a hipster lady. So funny. The, com- um, the comedic timing I- on The Punisher is perfect, even though it's a serious moment. It's a serious series. That committed time is so perfect, and I love it. Right? I just you love him that... Go ahead, Brittany. Oh, I'm sorry. I was just going to say, I just love him that scene that Frank is the epitome of, help me, I'm poor. When <laughs> <laughs> he's pretending. He is cracking up. It kind of begs the question, like, how and where did Frank get any money to do anything? I mean, does he have money stored away? Is he dead people? Pickpocketing? Oh, yeah, that's true. He's again from the bad guys. He's not a he's not a real hero. He's a not vigilante. What is it? Anti-hero. So technically, he doesn't go by the same rules as a regular hero. So. 
Yeah, I mean, a lot of people that he's killing are drug dealers, so they have to have a lot of money in their wallets, I could imagine. And that's what he's getting mm-hmm. his money Drug from. money. Just drug money. All right. As long as uh, he puts them in the ground, then it's all good. Then he feels okay with taking their money. <laughs> Jesus. I know. So bad. Um, AJ, what do you think about um, Brittany for number seven? Um, what was the number seven pick again? I forgot. We were, we it's a it was uh, Frank. Frank being a hobo. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I said before, the comedic timing is and everything that I don't even know how to explain myself with the Punisher itself. But like Punisher and Kara's relationship is the best thing. Like Thank even out of like Punisher, Punisher and. Daredevil, Punisher, and um, um, oh god, now I'm blanking off his name. Mm. Like, what his Daredevil? best friend? I forgot. His best friend. No, Daredevil. Oh, Billy. Daredevil. Yeah, and Billy. I think Karen grounds Frank, and the way he acts towards her is like a a brotherly type of love, and that's what I like about their relationship. Tia's yeah. screaming on the inside. <laughs> it, it is completely fine if people do not see Frank and Karen in a romantic uh, sense. You know, not every guy and girl relationship has to transform into that. But I think that if if we had given it time, if we had the time, they could have somehow woven into uh, a romantic type of relationship, Karen and Frank. Just realistically, guys, not to go off on a tangent, but if we want to dissect the elevator scene in The Punisher Season 1 where they're, like, pressing their foreheads against each other, I'm sorry that was, like, super intimate. and um, Sexual tension. You know, to, to say that some people are like, oh, well, Frank and Karen have a father and daughter relationship, which, uh, which honestly makes no sense because Karen's in her 30s. Um, but... Or to even, you know, say brother and sister relationship. Um, you know, I don't have siblings, guys, but I wouldn't be that physically close to a sibling, I feel like. Um, <laughs> so that's just my personal opinion there. But still, the Karen and Frank relationship, um, I've always been super interested in and I know that Karen is only going to appear in one scene in the Punisher season one, uh, season two, sorry. So it'll be interesting to see what that scene entails. But number seven is uh, Homeless Hobo Frank, which I wish we got more of for number seven. And I'm going to shoot over to uh, AJ again for the number six slot. Oh, so hard. Okay, so I'm gonna choose Punisher the Punisher Joe scene and when he meets Kingpin. That 
whole scene was just, excuse my language, but Frank does not give a fuck about who he kills or, <laughs> or for at, the, at, at this moment. And it's just so bloody, and I love bloody things, especially since I'm like a horror fan and a kung fu fan of everything. So bloody is just amazing to me. And then the scene with um, when he first like goes head to head with Kingpin, where they're talking and threatening threatening each other is just oh yes, it was it was amazing. <laughs> Now, AJ, just to specify, are we talking about the scene where they first meet each other in the prison gym or the one after uh, Kingpin tries to after, get Frank killed? After. Yeah, after oh. he gets the king. Yeah. Uh-huh. That, that's such a good scene, AJ, because, you know, Vincent D'Onofrio is tall. I think he's like 6'4", or some shit like that. And so he's John intimidating, Hill, even without being Kingpin. Right, he is, and then John John Bernthal is shorter, and so you see him, but they still look like they're they're at the same level, and when they're just mm-hmm. wailing on each other, like AJ, you make me want to go back and watch that scene. It was such a good scene uh, with Kingpin, pretty much like flinging Frank down and just beating on him, and we really don't see. Uh, kingpin in a physical capacity like that. He's most often having other people do his work, and Frank yeah. is just not having that. He's like, no, no, no. Yeah. We're going toe-to-toe. Oh, that was a great scene. I absolutely love that scene, and so sad that we won't get a reunion between Frank and Kingpin, <laughs> but um, yes, I'm going to say You'll get healthy. over it sooner or later. <laughs> In the next few years. Oh, trust me, she'll um, never be over it. <laughs> <laughs> um, Brittany, what are your thoughts for uh, this scene and kind of the relationship between Kingpin and the Punisher? I was also going to say real quick, it'll be Tia's funeral, and at the eulogy, it'll be like, and they fucking canceled the Netflix Marvel <laughs> Universe. <laughs> like, that's how that's how long she's going to hold on to it, it right. I promise you. Yes. Yes, she will. But I was going to say, I love that scene, though, because I also love it, because that's also when he pops up with the bloody skull on his back or stomach. No, it was on his chest, I think the outline mm-hmm. of the bloody, like, skull, and it's just, like, the sheer force where you go, man, you know, like, I'm trying to remember, what did the Punisher do in that one scene that was so bloody and so, like, I was just like, uh, it, he stabbed something through somebody. I'm trying to remember that scene exactly. I think he stabbed like, the guard through the neck. Uh, it was, I think it was like, through the neck and, like, splurted everywhere. Uh, well, I was going to say, I... Tia knows how much I love Fisk, and so at that scene where it's just like the sheer, but you're right, Kingpin isn't normally like the one that's like getting his hands dirty. He's like normally messing with other people, you know, he's got other people doing it, but for me it was just like, he's like, okay, Frank, you want to be physical? Let's be physical. And just, like, the sheer rage he has between, like, the strength he has behind him. Because you look at him, you go, oh, you know, he's just kind of a bigger guy. You know, he has other people do stuff. He's not 
you know, he's not strong, even though you see him crush a man's skull in a door later <laughs> on, like, earlier on in the series. But no, I loved it. Yeah, I mean, it it goes. It's needless to say that Kingpin, for as um, you know, he wears these good suits. He is very articulate. He likes art, but he is. And even though he doesn't often get his hands dirty, when he then decides to get his hands dirty, bloody. It is brutal because, as Brittany mentioned, he did decapitate someone with a car door, which <laughs> that is just insane. So uh, having the two between Kingpin and the Punisher go toe-to-toe with each other, it, it we, we should have kind of seen it coming. You know, nothing good was going to come from an alliance between Kingpin and the Punisher, like when they first were talking in the gym. And when they went back at it, honestly, I was watching and I was like, how does either of them walk out of this alive? Because as we've seen from Frank, he doesn't really allow room for that. He just kills people and that's it. And then Kingpin, you know, it, for all intents and purposes, Frank Castle was a loose end. So the fact that either of them let the other one walk out of that room is kind of amazing, but that was just such a good scene. And as I said before, AJ, I'm probably going to watch it after this whole podcast just because it's such a good Same. scene that, that I don't think people really um, think about as often. So that was, that was great. Great job, AJ. <laughs> <laughs> I think that AJ's doing a good job on his first uh, top ten. So I just have to give you a round of applause here. Thank you, both of you. <laughs> I know that you guys are both an hour behind from me. So maybe that's why. Um, but I, I wake up early anyway, guys. So thank you both for being here, even though it's early in the morning. But anyway, so... If you're just joining us, we're going to go down to the number five plot um, of the top ten Punisher moments. And, again, this is John Bernthal's rendition of the Punisher. I know that if we open this up to every every adaptation of Frank Castle, we would have to have maybe like a top 30 or something like that. So these are... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> These are the top ten Punisher moments in the Marvel Cinematic uh, Universe going to me, guys. And I am – it's crazy because I definitely thought that on this list we were going to have, like, a lot of fight scenes, but I'm glad that we have the uh, open minds enough to expand it to other scenes as well. And I definitely want to put number five – as the grave site scene in Daredevil season two, because to kind of reiterate myself, I do not read the comics. I didn't know a whole lot about Frank Castle prior to Daredevil season two. So in the first few episodes, obviously we see Frank shooting up a hospital, um, chaining Daredevil up, killing people, we just see this complete brutality of him. And then when we have him at the gravesite, and finally we see this 
side of Frank that is just not at all probably like what I expected. And just the acting like capability of John Bernthal, how he's delivering that monologue of telling us what happened specifically to his family is just so heartbreaking and just completely tugs at my emotions that we are now understanding and Daredevil is understanding really what is driving this guy and why he is doing what he's doing. And, of course, not everyone can agree with what uh, Frank Castle is doing and certainly the way that he's going about it. But in that scene, in that grave scene, where he's just talking about how he was coming home and he was afraid that the that the plane was going to crash and then his seeing his daughter at school and how his daughter was holding him up and all of this just was absolutely, uh, it was just so powerful. It was such a powerful, powerful scene that it should have probably won something, some recognition, because it, the way that that whole entire monologue was delivered was just uh, still to this day gets me. I have to put uh, my number five as the graveyard scene in Daredevil season two. I believe it's episode four. It's at the end of the whole Irish thing when Frank is hurt and he's beaten up and there's this sort of um, authenticity between him and Matt Murdock. And it's just, it was just so good. I'm going to stop rambling um, and kind of shoot it over to Brittany. Brittany, by the way, did you sneeze? Sneeze? Oh, no, I, yeah. I didn't sneeze. <laughs> it sounded like you were sneezing, so my bad, guys. Um, but, Brittany, tell, tell us your thoughts of the grave scene in Daredevil season two. I was going to say, I might have accidentally rubbed my face really hard against my phone, so I'm sorry. Uh, But I was going to say, with that scene, uh, I love it because I think it's set up for a friendship between Daredevil and Frank. Because it was kind of like at the beginning, it was like, oh, I'm just kind of babysitting this guy who's like trying to like kill everybody. And I think it opened up like a good, you know, it was one of those things where it opened up between them of like, this is why I'm doing it. This is what happened to me. You know, I lost everything, you know, and it kind of like opened his eyes that, you know, Frank's not just a monster. And I think for the audience too, you realize the hurt he has behind it. Because I'm trying to think of the word for it. It, For me, it broke my heart because I was like, poor Frank, you know, you realize, you know, he didn't have like that closure right before it happened. He had a lot of regret. And I think that's the saddest part of it is that there's so much that he didn't say or didn't do that he wish he had it. But, you know, you can't blame him because he just came back from war and he was like not exactly in the right state of mind. Yeah, I think that's a good thing to point out is that it wasn't like everything was kind of sunshine and rainbows before his family was killed. He wasn't able to, you know, play with his son, read his daughter a bedtime story, be intimate with his wife. Um, so really, 
everyone was taken away from him before he was ever able to fully recoup from his last tour overseas. And as we then saw in The Punisher Season 1, that was the whole Kandahar um, mission. And really, he just fell flat with his family. And that's really what's the, what is really the most tragic of all. Um, so uh, that was a great thing to, to point out, is that he didn't ever have the proper closure. Um, AJ, what are your uh, thoughts on the graveyard scene in Daredevil Season 2? What are you saying, y'all? Didn't agree. Um, there's a lot of action in The Punisher, which is, like, really powerful and strong. But the dialogue between character is, I think, is the best part about the Netflix series because they, they will, like, emotionally invest you into the character. And that scene specifically, I I teared up a lot. <laughs> and... um. I I just feel like that was one of like the top five scenes in um, the Netflix Marvel series of all time. There's one other that's better than that, but I would save that for yeah. later. Please absolutely save it. But as you said, it's just it tugs at the heartstrings that graveyard scene, and um, it's just so emotional. To, to watch um, pretty much this guy who was the, as they said, the big bad Punisher and suddenly um, he's sitting there pouring his heart out at us. So uh, definitely just top-notch guys. I mean, top-notch like acting between uh, all of them. I just, so good. But I'm going to actually, <laughs> I'm glad uh AJ, that you mentioned that you have a scene that you think is better, and you will get that chance in a little bit. But um, we are going to shoot over to Brittany for the number four plot of this. (laughs) And what's funny about my number four is that it doesn't exactly have Frank in it. And it's not Punisher, but it's, it's the air of it. It's when Karen first goes into his house, and you realize that his house hasn't changed. It's almost like it stood still, her going through. You see the children's room. You see the dishes in the sink. You see basically, and it's like a glimpse into Frank's life, like exactly what the day before looked like before, you know, he lost everything. And it's just like set up for Karen forming her relationship with with Frank. It's kind of like what made them close. Because even later on, we'll discuss, you know, probably later, but when he's like, you were in my house. And it was the fact that it kind of formed this bond between them of, like, she's seen into his life. And I don't know why that seems so powerful to me. I think it's just because it's so sad because you realize, oh, we're not just, talking about his family it's you actually see he did have a life he did have a family he had a house he had the little setup and it's like he wasn't always the man he was now in the series 
Yeah, that's um, that's a good point, uh, Brittany, that you're making. Just because if I remember, there were flowers in his house. Um, it really was a was his family's home, and you can see the people who lived in it, and you can see the mm-hmm. life that he had in that house, and it does essentially make um, the next scene so much more powerful when he's in the hospital and Karen runs, and I actually was just re-watching this the other day, but when Karen runs up uh, to Frank in the hospital with the picture and he's like, you were in my home, you were in my home, and the fact that we find out that Frank has not been back in his home, that's just so powerful and so heartbreaking to think about and you really sit there at times just hoping uh, as unrealistic as it is you just really want Frank to get his family back because he is just broken because of it and not the man that he was Um, and, and I remember first of all I would be terrified if I was Karen in that house especially with everything that was going on I mean she, she definitely has some some balls to do that I have to say um, AJ what are your thoughts I agree with what y'all just said and I think it's it's a subtlety in that Matrix song um, for me at least, but the subtlety for that scene was I just uh, talk about um that there so that Karen knows and understands what the Punisher feels and all of that, which makes wider relationship. I'm sorry, AJ, you're going in and out a little right now. I couldn't get oh. all of that. Okay, sorry. Um, it's a subtlety of the um, whole scene that I, I I like about it. And what y'all said about... Can you guys hear me? Yeah, I can hear you now. Oh, okay. And that's, um, that scene right there, it just strengthens the whole relationship of Frank and Karen for me. Yeah, I think that that definitely was the beginning of the very close relationship that we would continue seeing uh, between Frank and Karen. It really just started there with Karen having that intimate look into Frank's life before really anyone else was able to and anyone else understood. So um, I completely agree that really just all of that was setting up for it. Um, guys, I do want to take a moment because we seem to have had our boss man uh, join us in. Uh, Juwan hey. has called in, so welcome, Juwan. Oh, hello, hello, hello. What's up? <laughs> hello, everyone. Hello, hello, hello. He has made it to the land of the living. (laughs) Barely, barely, barely. (laughs) Well, Juwan, thank you so much for joining us to get the listeners um, familiar. 
Juwan is one of the amazing guys who runs Geek Vibe Nation, uh, has really brought all of us together. Definitely appreciate him being on for this uh, Top 10 podcast. Thank you again. And, Juwan, I'm going to let you know what we have kind of gone through already. So we are obviously doing the Top 10 Punisher moments and opening it up for both uh, Daredevil Season 2 and The Punisher Season 1. And we kind of have gotten a lot down already, but uh, our number 10, we had the Micro and Frank sandwich scene. For number 9, we had the uh, fight scene in the episode Gunner in the forest. Number 8, we did Frank versus the Irish Seven, we did Hobo Frank uh, talking to Karen, but that scene was hilarious. Uh, number six, we had Kingpin versus Frank, which is after the prison scene. Number five, we did the grave site scene where Frank is first telling Matt Murdock about what happened to his family. And then number four, we have, uh, it's kind of a continuation scene with the first Karen taking a look into Frank's house and then confronting him in the hospital. So that's kind of our list right now. And I would love to know, do you have any thoughts on this list? Is there anything that we've mentioned that you kind of want to visit really quick to tell us your thoughts? Um, It's a great list so far. I mean, so many great moments. I think the, excuse me, the biggest thing that stands out to me would be, um, Frank and, and Matt understanding each other. Uh, I mean, even to the point to where Matt feels obligated to defend him. Uh, you know, obviously still feeling as though he deserves to, um, you know, pay for his crimes. He does not think he deserves a death penalty. Uh, and it was just truly a beautiful moment. But I think the uh, the thing that I, I love the most of their interaction together was the idea that Punisher was right. I mean, it would take one bad moment for um, Matt to become just like him. And we see that manifest in season three, something not a lot of people talk about, is how Matt was was riding the line of becoming the Punisher. He was willing to kill Kingpin. Um, He was willing to really kill really anyone who got in his way of trying to kill Kingpin. Um, So he truly, at that moment, was starting to realize exactly what Frank meant by it only takes one, one catastrophic event um, for you to just ditch all of your beliefs that you had before and just turn into, like, this rage-killing machine. Um, so I, I really thought that was great, uh, along with the comic accuracy of having Daredevil chained up to the, the chimney with the gun taped to his hand. So it's actually funny that um, we're, we're talking about this because I'm actually watching – um, season two of Daredevil in season three. So I'm at the point of season two now where he's in the hospital um, with Karen talking to him. So it just it was a great setup for me calling in at this time and everything. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I um, I love the list so far. Um, the Kingpin scene with Punisher was great. Uh, you guys definitely have put together a great list so far. And I will tell you, um, you'll definitely have to re- redo this list after you see season two. Oh, I absolutely do not doubt it. Um, it'll probably be the next 
week after it premieres. A top 10 revisited moments. I have no doubt about it. Really just looking forward to that completely. We were talking before Juwan about how upset I am about what's going on with Netflix and Marvel. And Brittany was making a joke that at my funeral that it's still, what is what was it, like my last will and testament or something like that? Oh, your eulogy would be like, oh, here lies Tia was a great person, but she did not get over the Marvel cancellation <laughs> on Netflix. <laughs> well, because I AJ say... was pretty sure that I'm going to get over it at some point, and we, Brittany and I, are not sure that that's ever going to happen. <laughs> well, I will say that... Um, Charlie Cox is at uh, Ace Comic-Con. Huge shout out to Ace Comic-Con. We worked there before. Um, and he was answering questions. One, he was telling people to continue to sign the petition to save Daredevil. Um, and two, someone had asked him, like, what would be uh, a dream idea for you if you were to make a season four? And he then began to say that there's, you know, the plans that were set for season four if he had answered that, he might spoil it. So he was just, he was kind of like teasing the idea of uh, Bullseye really manifesting himself, becoming Bullseye, and then the two of them squaring off against each other. Um, and then also, Kevin Feige has said before that he has plans for Daredevil. Um, now, a lot of people might go, well, that's just Daredevil. I think it's the entirety of the net, but we do have to remember. Uh, there's legal issues there. So, like, Netflix won't allow Marvel to directly take those characters uh, until enough time has passed. So if we give it maybe a year or two, maybe, um, who knows? We could see Kevin Feige start back up with Daredevil on the Disney Plus streaming service, and then from there, maybe a Punisher Season 3. Um, so, I mean, it, it all it all comes with time. So I think now we can kind of prepare ourselves for the idea of that coming in the future rather than thinking we won't ever see it again. I I do understand what you're saying with that. My only reservations with the Disney Plus thing is that we would be getting a very watered-down version of, say, The Punisher and Daredevil because it is a Disney, but kind of bouncing off of what we spoke about um, I believe yesterday, with the idea that the Black Widow movie coming up could be uh, Marvel's first rated R movie. If they do that, then they could um, introduce more grittier versions of these shows and just kind of have it as like an adult section of Disney+. Plus. Yeah, I mean, I I also I I also do want us to because I think us as fans we've you know because obviously it's Disney so we've kind of painted Disney in that in that kind of sense. I do think Disney is willing to do more mature content. I think their biggest issue is um, making sure that it flows within the the universe that they've already built. Like obviously Daredevil isn't the same feel as um, Homecoming or as you know, Iron Man's, like, it's a different feel. So I think with them, they're just like, all right, well, I don't want to connect all these dots, and it's a different feel everywhere. So I think they're just trying to really figure out, like, if they usher in this new rated R era, it opens the door for Deadpool, it opens the door for Daredevil, Punisher. I think they just want to kind of ease into that. So that's why I said give it a year or two. 
Um, and we, we, who knows? Spider-Man 3 might have a cameo of Daredevil or Matt Murdock. So, I mean, the possibilities are in this. I feel yeah. like they should, like, split it. Like, what they're doing with um, DC in that sort of way, not exactly like it. But if they, like, split between the MCU, um, Disney Plus can have, like, their own movie service, or they can stick with the movies as well. But if they split it, like, Fantastic Four, Daredevil, and all that, and keep Avengers separate and make everything else, like, rated R or at least hard PG-13, less fun in a fun way. I mean, not less in a fun way, but, like, in a kid-friendly way. And make it towards like people that really want a more gritty tone for the Marvel universe. I guess it's because sometimes I feel like they put the training wheels on them, and we're like, "No, we're ready. We can handle it. We promise." <laughs> My only thing is, though, like with this whole like grittier, like you know, we're we're ready for it. But if we remember, and I know we're kind of getting, like, a little off topic right now, but if we remember when the first Deadpool came out and it was obviously promoted as a rated R movie and even from the trailers, obviously there was, like, a shit ton of adult content, parents still took their kids to go see it and parents still freaked the hell out Um because, oh, now they're having sex, they're saying the F word. So I think that would be where um, Disney would have to, like, tread lightly in that sense. I don't feel like they have to tread lightly. If their marketing tells you what's going to happen, it's on the parents to either take them or not to take them. Well, Marvel, yeah. Marvel likes to Marvel and Disney like to maximize um, viewership, especially since if they're doing shows, they don't really work like movies. So it's not like a box office; it's ratings. Um, so yeah, sure. You know what it's like. Let me give you the best example. <clears throat> All of us, like our age bracket, love Young Justice. Do you want to know why it was canceled? For reasons that had nothing to do with the show itself wasn't selling to kids, uh, particularly girls were not interested in Young Justice. Um, kids weren't buying backpacks, stuff like that. It had nothing to do with, you know, it being a little bit too darker than your normal cartoons or anything like that. So then once they heard the reception of everyone loving Young Justice and then they canceled it, what was the very first thing that they did when they brought Teen Titans back? Made it kid-friendly. So my thing is mm-hmm. they cater. They cater. That's all they care about is catering to the mass market. So the thing is, I think what Marvel may do if they do decide to bring these properties in down the road is they might strip that. So, like, Luke Cage, Jessica Jones had a bunch of, you know, uh, sexual stuff in it. That might be stripped. And to me, I'm fine with that. Daredevil, to me, is one of my favorite shows for one of the reasons being is that it doesn't need any of that. Like, I feel as though that does not – Hello? Oh, no, Frank got him. Uh Uh-oh, we lost (laughs) you on, guys. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, shoot, I think we really lost you on. All right, we we actually did. His call dropped. 
Um, <laughs> as quick as he um, came, he left. <laughs> oh, I kind of feel bad. All right, hopefully he'll call back, guys. So, you know what? <laughs> Let's move right along. Let's go to uh, number three of this list because as much as we were talking about everything else, this is still (laughs) the top ten Punisher moments. AJ, I'm going to give you number three. Okay, well, um, Juwan already touched a bit on this. It's the scene with um, Punisher and Daredevil on on top of the roof, on top of the roof where Daredevil is chained up with a gun in his hand and Punisher is giving him giving him a choice to either kill him or not and I love this scene because uh, it's the philosophy of both of the characters that really that is really strong and powerful and this is a scene that I think it it made it for me for um the Marvel Netflix series. It was better than Whatever list I came up with, and I, I was scared that this wasn't going to get chosen, so I chose it now. And everything with the with this part, it just I don't know how to explain. It. It's 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 amazing. That's all I can say. <laughs> uh, AJ, I think that it's a great decision. And guys, Juwan is back with us. Um, Welcome back to <laughs> Yeah, sorry about that. It seems like Marvel cut me off. They weren't liking what I was saying. So. <laughs> I said it's, Frank got you. Yeah. It's one of those uh, shows that we had technical difficulties in the beginning and calls a drop, but the show must go on, as they say. Uh, AJ was just giving luck. up. <laughs> it's all your fault. Um AJ was giving us his top uh, number three pick, which is the rooftop scene, Juwan, that you were mentioning before with uh, Matt chained up and all that. So I just kind of wanted to shoot it to you first, you know, hear your thoughts, opinions, and all that on that scene. Uh, I think it's a great spot for it to be. Um, And I I think it definitely deserves a spot on this list. Uh, just the idea of, like I said, the foreshadowing. Um, just a lot. Like Frank was was trying to break down to Daredevil how losing everything um, could do that to you. And then Matt was trying to tell him, like, I lost everything. I lost my mom. I lost my dad. Um, I lost my eyes. <laughs> like, that doesn't <laughs> give you the right to, um, you know, that doesn't give you the right to be, like, this murderous killing machine. And, um, you know, it's funny because it's like what Frank was trying to explain was like, I, I didn't have anyone like, you know, you had foggy, you had uh Electra down the road, you had um, Karen at some point, like you, you continuously had people guiding you throughout your life. Um, once I lost my family, like that was it. I felt like I, I didn't have anything. Um, and you know, it, it drove him to be this revenge, uh, monster but um yeah that that was that was beautiful i love the the old guy coming up um and then kind of sharing war stories uh but yeah i I think the Mm -hmm. what's crazy is the best part of that scene of that entire uh sequence didn't even really have punisher in it i mean i think we all can agree that 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 hallway scene was legendary um and frank spent most of that 
unconscious in an elevator. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, that that scene between uh, Frank and um, and Matt was definitely something super special. That uh, reminded me of kind of like Cap in in Iron Man on a much darker level, but it kind of gave me that vibe. Yeah, that, it gave me the vibe of um. Oops, sorry. No, go ahead, AJ. It kind of gave me the vibe of um, the Joker and Batman. That it's that chemistry that I really like about Batman, not Batman, Daredevil <laughs> and Punisher. Yeah, it's just it's a great scene, and Brittany can attest that uh, that scene is great in the one part also, as Joan mentioned, with the old man. Uh, that whole aspect of it, too, is just so great, and I'm going to shoot it over to Brittany to kind of really put into words that that whole entire scene. I was going to say, I absolutely love that scene because I remember I went to New York. Tia was like, come on, Brittany, let's, let's watch the Punisher scenes because I hadn't watched Daredevil yet. But she was like, come on, we got to watch the Punisher scenes. And that was <laughs> one of the number ones that actually, like, stuck out to me. Just because it's the era of it, you think at that point you had just seen Frank as, like, a killing machine. You know, he shot him in the head before he had him, like, uh, I think that he had did he had him shot in the head before that scene, right? And then he had him up there. I'm trying to remember the sequence, but it was like, oh, let me just talk to you normally after I just tried to kill you, but I have you tied up. But it's cool. Let me do my thing while we're doing this. Um, let me set up my shit. You know, just sit there, be happy, stop choir boying me or altar boying me. But I was gonna say I do love the old man scene just because. You know, Frank, he can he can change. He can be an actor. I guess it was like, it's, he's an onion. He's like an ogre. He's got layers that uh, when the old man pops up and they're, like, talking about the Marines, and then Frank has the gun on the other side of the door, and it's like Matt can hear the click of it. It was just, like, the air of it set up so well. That yeah. old man. Oh, I loved him, too. So, so sad what happened to him at the end of Daredevil season two. Uh, there was a small part of me that wanted Frank to know just because that was like almost kindred spirits, the way that he was saying to Frank, welcome back. Um, the whole Semper Fi uh, moment was so, was so great. And I, you know, we had so many iconic lines from that scene especially where Frank tells Matt as he's chained up, you know, you knock people down and they come right back up. I knock people down and they stay down. And there was this whole, like, I, and there was this whole article that I had read about saying that how in the Marvel Netflix world that Frank was, in fact, the justifiable one because in this whole fictional world, yes, the bad guys did continuously get out. It seems uh, the prison system really kind of sucks in, uh-huh. uh, these, in these shows. So you, in a sense, needed Frank to be doing what he was doing. And I liked in that moment where Frank was really trying to get Daredevil to not only see that him himself was not the bad guy, but then also in a way, teach Daredevil the error of his own ways. So I just really like that scene. That is a fantastic 
seen to pick AJ, and I'm glad that it's made its way onto this list. Um, and, you know, since now we have uh, Juwan on the show, I'm going to shoot over with uh, with the uh, – the, I can't talk today, guys. I'm so sorry. The number <laughs> – the number two pick I'm going to give over to Juwan to tell us. We didn't do the, um, <clears throat> just because I don't want to go into a long, like, dialogue about it, and then you guys like, we already picked it. You, we didn't pick the um, the Bloody Massacre, right? Which one is that? The Him in Prison. Oh, uh, yeah. no, we did not. Did we? We did. We did. Yeah. We, did we did the, um, it was the jail scene. And uh, oh, before he, Afterwards. after he met Kingston, yeah. Yes, we were. Oh, sorry, Juwan. Okay. No, that's fine. I, that's see, that's why I wanted to make sure because I was about to go into a whole dialogue about it. <laughs> you guys, like, oh no, we did it. You can still go into the dialogue. Um, you can go into. Um, <clears throat> I guess if I had to pick another one, then that was, man, that was the one I already had loaded in the chamber. Uh <laughs> I, I guess I can go with um, the other thing that really uh, showed who Frank truly is, and you kind of get a sense of that um, in, in season two, um, is from season one where uh, the kid gets himself in trouble trying to, um, you know, hang out with these guys at the construction site, kind of, you know, fit in. Oh, yeah. Um, he yeah. ends up <clears throat> getting himself in some trouble that, of course, the hero himself, Frank, had to bail him out of. Um, Frank being a hero isn't what blew me away in that scene. How he managed to kill everyone is what blew me away. In that scene. <laughs> I was just like, man, this is hardcore. Like I thought, Warzone was was crazy in some of the ways that uh, Frank in that movie was killing people. But no, John Berenthal said, "Hold my beer." Um, and he just went on a rampage <laughs> in that in that scene. It was crazy, but the the whole setup to that of him um, distancing himself after the events of Daredevil, um, and just kind of just wanting to get away. Just I, I'm 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 away. You know, I'm keeping to myself. I'm this construction worker, um, and <laughs> it's funny because I feel like the uh, the famous line uh, kind of goes to Frank like. I thought I was out, but as soon as I was out, they pulled me right back in. Like every every time, he feels <laughs> yeah, like I'm done. I'm done with killing people. Like I'm just you know, just be a lonely construction guy. Nope, the life pulls me right back in. Um, Sounds like I, a drug I life. Whole, <laughs> yes, exactly. So I thought that whole uh, sequence was great, and then just Frank just showing that you know his compassion. Um, you know, he's one of those those guys as an antihero. Uh, I mean, in a sense, he's, he's like Deadpool. He's like Slade Wilson. Um, the will to do the right thing usually always shines shines brightest for them. But uh, don't let that uh, make you think that he won't <laughs> cut your head off because he will. Uh, <laughs> it did show his um, his humane side to where he didn't want to see this kid suffer. He didn't want to see this kid go down the path that he couldn't come back from. So he was willing to give everything up. Um, to save this kid, and I thought that was truly uh, special. And it, it ended up setting up micro um, finding Frank. So and that was just a great sequence of how that all played out. Yeah, it's um, it's funny that you mention this, Juwan, because I know someone. I'm not going to name names, but I know someone 
who really disliked the first episode of Punisher season one. They said that it was boring. And when I rewatch it and I see this scene, I was like, how the hell can anyone think that this was boring? Um, as you said, he was killing those guys in a pretty brutal manner. As a few times that I even had to look away because it was just so intense um, and just really, again, as you said, you make such good points. As you said, when it was like, just when I think I'm out, they pull me right back in and we see Frank and he's doing his construction thing. But honestly, those guys were dicks. So I did not care at all that they all got killed. I was like, good. Oh, Jesus. I can't stand these people. Um, but <laughs> AJ, give us your thoughts on uh, on this scene. I, I had that same one on my list, too, but it was for a different reason. Um, the three guys that were in it annoyed the hell out of me. And it it just gave me like a huge sigh of relief for some reason that they got <laughs> they got beat up by Frank because everything they did it was sort. Do you guys um ever watch Pokemon? Yes. Yeah. It, those three <clears throat> those three kind of reminded me of Team Rocket for some reason, and it annoyed it annoyed me so much. <laughs> <laughs> if T Rocket ever was killed, it would be in a, a Frank Castle manner. <laughs> I would say, like, that's now a crossover I want to see. I want to see Ash team up with Punisher. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh. killing the criminals, happen. you catch them. Yeah, exactly. Punisher would get uh, but, so annoyed with Ash, though. Just to see, just to see the idea of Punisher training Charizard to like instead of like just knocking out his opponents, bite their head off. <laughs> like, <Jesus. laughs> it's like Jesus. <laughs> we don't kill people over here. It's like no, but I do. Eat his head off. It's like Jesus. This this started out really um, far fetched, but now I'm feeling like it's actually manifesting into something that could be plausible. Oh, it's put out in the universe now. It, it exists somewhere. <laughs> um, Brittany, tell me uh, your thoughts on Juan's pick for the number two slot. I was going to say that was actually on my list too, which was perfect. Because I think what it is is that you have Frank who's like dealing with a lot of issues. He just keeps hitting the freaking wall with the sledgehammer, which it's funny watching that scene with my boyfriend who did construction. He goes, man, he's really hitting it like in the worst way possible. But you really realize he's just like raging. He's just raging on that wall, and he's not he's not thinking about it. But it, it's nice that he did come back, and he was like, you know what? You know, they, they pretend like those other guys gave him such hell. I mean, they ruined his sandwich. I mean, shit. I mean, I would kill them after that, too. He's got a lot of pent-up rage. That's I like to do. think he didn't. I'm like, I like to think he didn't exactly do it for the boy. He was just sitting there going, my freaking sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> You remember that time when you ruined my sandwich? Well, now it's time to pay. But I guess that scene is so brutal. Like, like okay, so the episode itself starts out like 
He's dealing with all those emotions, you know, but you realize he's just a bottle of rage just waiting to come out. And it's kind of like the trailer for Punisher season two, where the girl goes, it was like you were just waiting for a reason. And I feel like that's very accurate for this scene. He was just waiting for a reason to just let it back out. Like when he told Karen that one time, he's like, what if this is just me now? And I feel like that is, possible and for that scene it's just like he kind of killed them pretty brutally like the sledgehammer to the leg like I still cringe every time I see that scene I'm like Ugh. I, think I wasn't what, ready I think what was it first of all I do want to make a point that poor Frank was scorned twice in the Punisher season one with sandwiches First with uh, that guy stepping on sandwich and then micro not offering him some of his sandwich uh, uh, <laughs> Um, but I think that the first episode of the Punisher season one set up nicely because I think that maybe there were, um, not concerns, but it's like, oh, you know, he's getting his own show and we have to put him in a positive light. We have to, you know, maybe not make him kill so brutally. And it's like, no, 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 no. There was none of those trying to appease to the masses that, you know, the people who, dislike Frank and think that he's this and that. No, he is brutal. He's killing people in some really horrific ways. And that's partially why we like watching it. We want to see that shit. So the justice that he kind of rained down on those construction guys was just the perfect way to set up um, season one. So I think that's a fantastic choice. There are so many honorable mentions that I think we're going to get into after the number one pick. And unfortunately, guys, I'm going to take the number one pick because it has not been said yet, and I was waiting for it to kind of go back through the list, though, beforehand. Again, number 10 is the micro and Frank sandwich situation. Uh, Number nine is the uh, gunner fight scene in the forest. Number eight is Frank versus the Irish. Number seven is Hobo Frank. Uh, Number six is Kingpin versus Frank. Number five is the graveyard scene. Number four is um, Karen in Frank's house, which then transitions into uh, Karen confronting Frank in the hospital bed. Number three is the rooftop scene. Number two is, um, I guess I would categorize that as a construction worker fight scene. Um, (laughs) (laughs) All fantastic choices, and I'm going to take number one. And it shouldn't come as a surprise to anyone who knows me, but it is going to be the final battle scene in The Punisher Season 1 with Frank Castle versus Billy Russo on the carousel. There cannot be any better to be a number one. I'm going to argue that with everyone and anyone. But the way that that whole... <laughs> oh, we're going to argue. We're going to argue the whole way that that shit set up with... First of all, you have these two Marines who were friends, brothers, work together, know each other's skill set, have been highly trained. You have these two Marines going at each other. They are strategic in the way that Frank Castle set up distractions so that he can go in and really just put the rain down on freaking Billy. But then just 
the whole back and forth, the way that the carousel was going, you know that uh, Frank was feeling flashbacks and he had to battle through all of that to battle Billy Russo. At the same time, Billy has these two teenagers tied up and tortured and their lives are also at stake with that and really just showing finally kind of the breakdown of Billy from this uh, put-together guy who really was just trying to still kind of salvage his career and salvage his life, and now he's just showing that he was willing to sacrifice two kids just in that scene. And when you look at it, you know, Frank Castle is bigger, and Billy Russo is more slender, but there were times that it really seems like Billy was getting the upper hand. And then finally when it all started, and for people who obviously knew who Billy was going to become and that whole entire fight scene, you're just waiting for the moment that his face gets fucked up. And when it finally happens, oh, guys, that was like, I read all these things, the way that they constructed that scene between Frank using Billy's grader and the way that and the way that they were doing it and how nervous uh, John Bernthal was because there still was a chance that he could have potentially hurt him even though obviously they were props was and uh, and Billy was not Billy Ben Barnes had to scream and John Bernthal saying well how do I know if he's screaming because he's acting or he's screaming because I'm really fucking him up so oh that's that, a good point. You know, um, so that whole thing, that whole entire carousel scene between them, you could just see the way that the two actors were acting. It really did seem like two brothers who are then going against each other. And it's almost like Frank is seeing Billy for the first time. And then kind of the audacity of Billy to say how he had no one and nothing. And Frank's like, you had us. And we see even from a flashback that Billy was so integrated into the family. And for him to sit there and say how he had nothing. And Frank is like, you had us and you fucked it up because of selfish reasons. It's just the whole entire, like, carousel scene is just, oh, God, I could go on and on and on dissecting that scene, but I'm going to shoot it over to Brittany to give us her thoughts on it, and then we'll obviously go to the boys. <laughs> the boys. I was going to say, I'm going to have to wait for honorable mentions because you, like, surprised me. I thought something else was going to be your number one, but this is the perfect number one. Well, I, was gonna I say, look forward I... to seeing what that is, too. <laughs> what you think. <laughs> <laughs> I know, because I completely avoided it. I was like, I know she's going to say it. I want to take it oh, from no. her. So. <laughs> so I was like, I'm just going to leave it. But no, I, I love this pick. This is our great number one. Because it is very, like, I'm trying to think of the right words for it. It's kind of the disintegration of their friendship, where it was like, at first, you know, Frank may have not wanted to hurt Billy. You know, it's just like they're best friends. They're brothers. You know, they, they you know, saved each other. And then you have the scene where it's like, I guess I love the setup of the scenery, where it's like it is a well-shot scene which also kind of makes you dizzy because the constant spinning and then you have the children crying. Well, the teenagers, not exactly children, but still, you know, well, technically. 
just crying for his help. You have Madani coming up, getting shot in the head, which, by the way, is awful because you sit there and go, man, Billy, he liked the thought of Madani, I think. I don't think he ever truly loved her. It's like, I don't think he's capable of love. I think it's to him, it's just all about possessions. And then you just, like Tia said, you got his face turning into a cheese grater, which is the whole setup for season two. It's the whole scene that sets up everything for the next season. You, The brain damage he got from getting beat that many times, the scars on his face. Oh no! It's just a great scene. Uh, it really, like, as you said, him being like beat to hell. I was like, "Holy shit!" I was like, "How much can one guy take?" I mean, <laughs> what's going to be left of him? But um, yeah, and then Madani getting shot and Frank holding her, kind of like, "I got you." And I feel like there was almost that, like, not kindred spirit but because Frank had been shot in the head it's like all right, I got you man I I know what that feels like um before I move over to Juwan and AJ Brittany I really want to know what was the scene that you thought I was going to pick for number one? <laughs> oh, I was for sure not them him oh, oh, was the scene so right before the hospital <laughs> scene when he, he takes the guy off the hook and he's like who did this to you Where, who are they and he's like no they okay, him okay. and then the instant the instant Frank just like him walking through it and just starting to shoot up everything it's so <laughs> intense and I was like this is going to be what Tia picked she always <laughs> talks about how much she loves this scene and then she surprised me I was like dancing around the scene I was like I'm not going to say it because it's literally the first time the first time you actually see him and like him like taking the gun apart and like tossing it and you're like whoa he's a smooth criminal and the fact he wasn't actually aiming for Karen he was like oh if I wanted to shoot you I would have and so there was my quick interjection of what I thought Tia was going to pick because she is obsessed with that scene well, really quick, really, really quick, because, again, I've mentioned it now several times throughout this show. I did not read the comics prior, but I did know that the Punisher was going to be in Daredevil Season 2, and I knew that that was, like, a big deal, because I think at that point they had just gotten the rights back for him. But um, And so I knew that that was the whole thing. So the whole episode, when they keep talking about an army, I'm like, oh, maybe I'm wrong. Is the Punisher part of an army? I don't know. And so finally when he was like, just one man, I was like, oh, I see what you did there. Um, but that was the whole thing. That that would have been a great scene, but I had to pick the Billy and Frank carousel fight. Um, Juwan, do you want to give us your thoughts on uh, on my pick and that scene as a whole? Yeah, and then I'd definitely like to mention the uh, the honorable mention, what I thought <clears throat> was, uh, was number one, but the, the carousel scene, um, the serendipity of it, uh, that being where he lost his family, um, that being uh, a scene that was integrated in season two of Daredevil, um, just the idea of this carousel just being a constant nightmare for Frank, um, you know, just every which of way. Um, I thought it was great. Uh, it was it was definitely great. Um, they definitely took uh, a different route with Billy and, and Frank um, in the sense of we I, – I can't remember the comics, but I do remember past 
uh, iterations of Billy and, and Frank, they weren't close. Um, it was two sides of the law. Uh, Frank being an ex-cop. Um, well, Frank being a cop, sorry. Frank being a cop and Billy being a, a career criminal. Um, so it was it was really interesting to see the liberties that they took with the Punisher in um, Daredevil uh, and in his own series, him being ex-military, never being a cop, him just being ex-military. Uh, that kind of hints towards his precision, um, you know, his choice of weapon weaponry and, and stuff like that. But, um, yeah, I mean, this, this season, I, I remember telling Joel, I watched season one of The Punisher as a fan, not as a comic book guy. So, like, the name Billy Russo never really clicked in my head as, as Jigsaw. So, that season, that, not season, I'm sorry, that episode five, where you see um, Billy standing outside of, it looks like a pier. And then he goes, he's not coming. Um, and then you see him walk back to the SUV, and then you see that that um, their old uh, lieutenant in the truck. And then that's when you kind of know, he's like, orange. man, wait. Oh, Frank is like, yeah. Frank is setting, I mean, not Frank, I'm sorry. Billy was setting Frank up, like, whoa, like, Billy isn't a good guy. Um, so it was from that moment that I was just like, it clicked in my head, like, oh, Billy is like, this is supposed to be Jigsaw. Um, so I personally thought season one was going to end without his face being maybe ripped into shreds. So I was just like, man, like, maybe maybe they're not making him Jigsaw. Like, maybe this was, like, a, a swerve. We saw it with the Mandarin. We saw it with AIM. Like, we've seen it before in the Marvel Universe that they take a villain that you know, and then they completely swerve it. Um, so I was just like, oh, man, like, maybe they're doing a whole different thing with Billy Russo. Um, so then when you get to the scenes where he's just like, he's just really scraping his face against the glass. I'm just like, oh man, uh, I won't go into my issues, uh, surrounding that to you. I'll save that for after, um, you guys all see season two, but, um, I don't want to hear your blasphemy, Juwan. I do not want to hear your blasphemy. And that's why I won't get into it at all, but, um. I think that carousel scene was something really special um, that just kind of culminated everything that, that season one built. Yeah, and I'm glad that you mentioned the whole them turning Billy Russo into his friend because I do know from research into the comics that that has never been the case, but that was certainly liberties that they decided to take. And you really were hoping that Billy would remain a good guy. At least I was. I'm, I'm like, he helped Curtis out. They went to Frank's grave. He seems like he really is, like, happy to see Frank again. And then when it's like, oh, I'll help you. I'll get you out of the country. And then he's sitting there with William Rollins. I'm like, no, Billy, no. Why did no. you have to turn out? And that's exactly, I was like, why did you have to turn out like that? You know, it was just, so, so not what I wanted, even though obviously that was the point to have the utter betrayal uh, eventually be revealed. But yeah, um, that uh, that was a good point to make. So before I hop over to AJ, Juwan, what was your honorable mention that you thought should maybe have taken the number one pick? Oh, man, that was, that was the, I actually feel ashamed that I didn't put it in the list. 
because uh, I didn't think about it until you mentioned the, the carousel scene. Uh, the number one pick I would have went with was when Frank kind of told Micro, like, go be with your daughter, go be with your family, like, I'll handle things here. And then Micro's kind of like, well, like, we got all this stuff. And Frank's like, I got it, just just go. Um, just the idea of not only how great of an action scene that was seeing all those guys that Billy sent to kill Frank, um, obviously they weren't going to kill Frank, but the beauty of that scene didn't come from all the killing and stuff, even though that was super awesome. It came from the <laughs> moment he put that bulletproof vest on with the skull, mm-hmm. and you see him come out of the shadow with the face paint on and the skull. I was just like, this is awesome. Like, this is my Punisher. Like, go punish them, man. Like, I got so hyped. Um, because it's one of those things where it's like, it's one of those moments where it's like, you wait a whole movie or a whole season to see your favorite character in a comic accurate costume. Because we know they always start off with, you know, Daredevil season one, he started off with that, you know, that, <laughs> I want to say, a thrift store costume. And then he <laughs> finally gets a comic accurate <laughs> costume. Um, so it was just great to see Frank embrace that comic accuracy of becoming the Punisher. Um, doing this list is so hard. Me being, like, me <laughs> of seeing season two and, like, not being able to say anything because it's like, oh, man, like, I want to compare it. And I'm like, ah, I can't say anything. Um, but, yeah, that that would have been my, my number one pick, just seeing the whole action sequence of that and then just seeing Frank for the first time come out of the shadow with that, that skull on the vest um, in true Punisher form. Yeah, um, about a jealousy. <laughs> like, uh, to to make one more comment about, you know, Frank Castle embracing being the Punisher, that scene with William Rollins, finally, where it's like, if we can, and this goes back to one of the pictures we said about him versus the Irish, Frank always is like one step ahead of the game. It's like, yeah, he may have been tied up and all that shit, but then as soon as he was, like, let loose on William Rollins and just fucking obliterated him and turned him into a bloody pulp, like, there's no, like, and Rollins was so smug and so sure of himself. And even Billy Russo sitting there like, God damn, Frank, I love to watch you work. I mean, that whole scene also is just amazing, but I don't want to get too into it. AJ, what are your thoughts on the carousel scene? And uh, what would have been your number one pick? Okay, well, everything I said I agree with. I have nothing extra to put in for the carousel scene. But I will say one thing that Juwan touched on a little bit, and it's the differences in the comics to live action. Like, most people or most comic book fans would rather have their comic book counterpart exactly the same as, like, the live-action part, and they complain about that a lot. But the thing is, I feel like they um, Marvel does a great job, does a great job creating their own stories, and it makes a, it makes a comic book movie franchise and TV franchise that much more realistic and authentic at the same time. So 
I would I hope they keep to the original route instead of like going back to the comic books. And my what would be mine? Mm. <laughs> Goodness, I would say the um, Kandahar flashback. Oh, that, okay, really um, quick. That was that was on my list too. Go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> that whole scene, I think that was the that scene. That whole scene was horrifying. The most horrifying thing of like the Punisher moments of all time. I was hoping that it was either the Kandahar scene or the um, Frank Castle versus Billy Russo, which you picked as number one. So thank you for that one. And <laughs> it's just Frank was in a vulnerable state, not emotionally, but like physically. And he came out from that. that I don't know explain why I like the Kandahar flashback so much, but it was really good. No, it was it was a good scene, and as I mentioned, it was on my list as well. Um, just the sheer, uh, like, just the sheer brutality, brutality. of it, and then, yeah, yeah, and you could really um, feel that. Frank was just getting uh, tired um, during that. And then the scene that kind of followed afterwards with um, him just, I think he honestly threw up at some point and that whole thing. And you could just see that that entire Kandahar uh, battle really wore him out and really just like wore. And then the music too, that they picked for that scene mm-hmm. um, was just—it it was just a perfect, perfect, perfect scene. I really enjoyed that. I'm glad that you mentioned that. That definitely was on my list. Really quick before we continue on, um, Orjuan has had so many problems. He just dropped out because he said it was getting too noisy in his house. So for the one pick that we had Juan for, we really appreciate him having been here. Um, I just think that's hilarious. It's nice to know that someone else is having more technical difficulties than I am today. But (laughs) (laughs) uh, I think that this is a great list. I had so many other little scenes mentioned um, in my notes just because there were so many good ones to kind of touch upon a little. um, I absolutely loved the Frank and Curtis scene when Curtis had the bomb strapped up to him. And just the, right? First of all, all, I love Curtis. Such a great character. And the idea that he could possibly be killed was absolutely heartbreaking to me because I think that this episode was after we saw Stein killed. So obviously the show wasn't hesitant on killing off characters, so I really thought, oh my god, is this the last we're going to see of Curtis? And I also liked that there was this sense of they weren't afraid to have Frank and Curtis be emotional towards each other, you know? For them to share that moment of Frank blaming himself for Curtis getting his leg um, blown up and Curtis telling Frank not to blame himself and then 
them being so close and Frank insisting that he's going to stay with him. And it was just this whole, that there was no, none of that toxic masculinity between them. I just really appreciated that scene. And I know that Juwan has seen season two. I do not know anything. Um, we have not spoken about what happens in season two, but I certainly am looking forward to more Curtis because he is another character that I believe that in the comics isn't so close with Frank, and then they obviously made him a very, very close friend um, in the Punisher season one. And I just think that that's fantastic, and I really like their friendship, and I'm looking forward to it in season two. Um, We have some time, guys, so I don't want to kind of end this early. I want to really speak about, first of all, if there is anything that we haven't mentioned, and then also what you're looking forward to in season two of The Punisher. So I'm going to shoot over to Brittany. Um, Again, is there any scene that you would like to highlight right now and that it wasn't, and then also go into what you're looking forward to most in the Punisher season two. I was going to say this one scene that I think I was trying to think of like dirty little season two and with the Punisher is I really like the courtroom scene with Frank when he says like when they're wanting him to take like the PTSD like claim and he's like, no, I don't want to do that. And just like his outburst in the courtroom, and like you know, when they're about to sentence him, and he's like, "Oh, I don't need your help," you know, I don't regret it. And just like his pure emotion, and then just Matt and Foggy and all of them, just like Jesus Christ, really, really, we had a good thing going. And then uh, I'm trying to think of what I'm looking forward to most in season two, at least from the trailer. I think I'm really going to love the relationship of him and the girl. Like, and I know she's supposed to be the same age as like what his daughter would have been. So it's kind of like, Oh, he's going to get to live through that. And I mean, she, he gets her money. You know how we talked about, Oh, where does Frank get his money? And it's like, well, he gave her a bunch of bloody money. So getting it from people. Um, it's so funny that you um that you mentioned the the courtroom scene right and that, first of all that that whole entire every every single part of the courtroom scene because it kind of expanded through a few episodes and i want to highlight it a little we have not only the jurors all speaking about frank and what their opinions are on it and how some think that Frank is absolutely terrible and a monster than other people. I love, like, I still love to say what that one juror said where she was like, let the bad guys be afraid for once at night. And then you see Frank just getting up and he's standing in front of the American flag. And it's just such a great shot. And then obviously uh, I love the scene where uh, Matt asked, Foggy, like, oh, what's going on when Frank has to testify? And Foggy goes, he's wearing a suit, and he looks better than I ever have. And he's not even wearing a tie. I love that scene. <laughs> By the way, we have to point out that Foggy has glowed up since uh, we've seen him in Daredevil Season 1 and Season 2. 
getting a good job and having a good girlfriend has done him good because he was looking polished and all pristine in Luke Cage season two and Daredevil season three. So I have to mention that because it's just a thing that I noticed. But um, that courtroom That's scene is so good. <laughs> Uh, that courtroom scene is just great. And as you said, Brittany, I love when he just starts, when he, he obviously has made that deal with the guard in, with Wilson Fisk. And that's why he has to tank his own, his own, uh, his own trial. Because even though there was a very slim chance of him ever getting away with what he did, he still could have gotten the better deal that, Foggy and Matt and Karen tried to get for him, but obviously had to tank it. And he's just sitting there, and he's just like, "You maggot piece of shit! I did it. I have no regrets. I would do it again. I'm the Punisher. You call me the Punisher. Here I am." Such a great freaking scene. Um, I just love it so much. And AJ, I know that you talked about um the other scene that you would have picked for number one but again if there's another scene that you'd like to highlight and then also let us know what you're looking forward to most in punisher season two Mm, well you already took the court scene so that one was one of mine (laughs) but i'll say um that we talk about the um the choice scene where Frank chooses to be with his wife, or um, he lives. Uh, I think no, I think that was a, that. that was a good one. That yeah, that scene. Yeah, that scene was really sad. I feel like that that scene though just tells us more about Frank's psyche than any other scene on on the Punisher, because he he'll rather have revenge for me. That is, he'll rather have revenge for his family than to die and be with them. So I feel like that that's when he truly accepts. Like, you guys said that the scene where he has the Punisher student, as soon as that comes up, that's when he truly accepts him being as the Punisher. But for me, I feel like the scene that truly solidifies that is the choice scene with the wife. And to be honest, I'm not looking. I'm not anticipating anything for season two for Punisher. I find I find that the um, the show is is better for me when I don't think about it as much. So hopefully it'll be as good as I hope. But at the same time, I don't want to like try to get like what is it called theories or anything about what will happen and what will not happen. Yeah, and I can understand. I can see that. I can understand that not wanting to, um, you know, have any expectations, and then that being a letdown. I completely get that. Um, it's part of the reason why. So, Juwan did was given the opportunity to see The Punisher Season 2, and he wrote a review on it, which you can find on Geek Vibes Nation, but I have chosen not to read it just because there are some things that Juwan mentioned. The title alone I didn't like. Uh, no no disrespect to Juwan, but uh, not reading it before the Punisher season two. But um, I like what you mentioned, AJ, about that scene 
with him accepting being the Punisher. Um, I read it as not so much that he wouldn't have rather be with his family, but that he accepted that there was still work to do because he yeah, Billy yeah. Russo was Billy Russo was still out there, so he still needed to be dealt with. If he left um, William Rollins alive, then he could have hurt more people. We had Micro and his family, and they were in jeopardy. So to me, I felt like that was a really hard decision for Frank because obviously he was in that moment where he could have been with his family. He was seeing mm-hmm. Maria, and she was offering, but he knew that the the land of the living pretty much needed Frank Castle more at that moment. Um, all of those oh. scenes were really just heart, you know, heart tugging uh, with Maria, especially in the scene where they're showing them doing their first dance, obviously at their wedding. And then when Frank is telling Maria that he is ready to stay home and he's ready to be with the family and he doesn't think that he's going to go back on any other tours. And she's just crying so happy because finally, you know, her husband is going to stay home and they're going to go to the carousel and they're going to have a great day because they're going to go to their spot. And then we obviously see what the result is there. Um, Brittany, did, do you want to say anything? I think I heard you. I was going to say, what it's, it, it's, I think one thing is Frank started to realize that it wasn't just about him and about what he wanted to do. Because his whole main thing of even starting this was because he wanted revenge. He wanted to get rid of these people. But I think he started realizing how much he was helping people along the way that it wasn't just about what he wanted or what he needed, but what he needed to give these people. Because it's kind of like he helped micro. You know, the whole thing was just starting with that. He started, he saved the kid that, you know, when the three guys wanted to kill him in the construction scene. It's like then we have the him saving the girl. It's like he's realizing it wasn't, it's become more than revenge. And I think that was a big reason he waited to go to, you know, like waited to die. He he knew that he needed to help other people, not just what he needed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we've seen that obviously Frank starting this kind of war that he has done is you can say selfish, not in necessarily a bad way, but just in the definition of doing it for oneself. And at this point now, he's, as you said, Brittany, realizing that he has to do things for now selfless reasons. Um, and certainly the we've seen that the city needs someone like Frank Castle. But it is sad to think that, you know, as we're sitting here saying that he could have been with his family, but that would have meant that he would have died. So um, we never want Frank Castle to die, but that's still, <laughs> it's still a great scene and shot so well. And from now watch, because Steve Lightfoot, who is a showrunner for The Punisher, worked on the show Hannibal. And from watching Hannibal, I can see the influence and the kind of the way that that was shot in those scenes with Maria, especially in the second to last episode of the season. So it was just beautifully done, really shot well. Um, I think as far as myself with what I'm looking forward to most in the Punisher season two 
is I am looking forward to this Punisher that is a little bit more relaxed, especially in the beginning um, from what we see. And plenty of these scenes have gotten onto the list with the Punisher from Daredevil Season 2 where he was at mentally in his mind state and now what we have here, um, a lot of people, and give me your thoughts, guys. I'm sure I can kind of gauge AJ's thoughts just based on what we spoke about a little earlier, but um, I don't mind that Frank is kissing another woman. Some people on the Internet are so up in arms in it (laughs) that it's not – first of all, you have the people who are up in arms because it's not Karen. And I do like, as I said, the idea that maybe at some point Karen and Frank could be something romantic. And then you have people who don't like the kiss because it's not Maria. And no disrespect, I've obviously never lost a significant other. But, you know, he's a relatively young guy. And Maria, unfortunately, is dead. So is the man just not supposed to be with anyone for the rest of his life? I mean, I have no problem that he's kissing another woman. Uh, AJ, thoughts? <laughs> what? Um, yeah, I, I have no problem. Well, <laughs> I, I, he has to stop himself. I, I guess, yeah, uh, I, I guess I'm in between. Like, it's fine that he kisses another woman since it's since his wife died, but at the same time, I feel like those people that think he shouldn't kiss another girl is reasonable to me, too, because, oh, yeah, because sooner he's going to have the same problem as, like, any other hero. When he finds love, they'll have this conflict, and I guess it feels kind of repetitive at times if he does feel that same, if he does feel the same way. If you know what I mean, right. I, I don't, yeah. I completely understand what you're saying. I have to mention this because it's really funny. Uh, my mom is listening in on this show right now, and as I mentioned, Karen and Frank, Brittany, you're gonna find this amusing. She texts me, "No, Karen and Matt." <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, Miss. Baby, but I, I I need Karen and and Frank. I, I need I need that. Uh, I need to shift that. <laughs> Hashtag Karen Matt is over with. That's never gonna happen. That came and went. We saw in Daredevil season three that they are just good as friends and that they cannot step into the realm of being romantic with each other. So sorry <laughs> about that, Mom. It's just not gonna happen here but guys we are nearing the end of our show and it's been a fantastic uh top 10 again the top 10 punisher moments there have been so many john bernthal is just a complete and utter titan um as the punisher it's kind of crazy to think that we are going to come into a world that that's not going to be the case anymore but i will digress and not focus too much on that. This is just a show of appreciation of Burnfall and his dedication towards the character of Frank Castle. I am Tia of Geek Vibes Nation. I have both 
these amazing writers with me, AJ and Brittany. Please make sure that you go and check them out on our site. So utterly happy that both of you decided to join me today. Thank you again so much uh, for being here, and have a wonderful day. Thank you, guys. Thank, Thank you. you. It was a great show. Yep, and just remember, everyone, that The Punisher Season 2 comes out this Friday. Bye, everyone. Thank you.